So we'll start with Breaking Bad, and Basim is going to synopsisize the yes. pilot. Go. So in the pilot, Walter White. Oh, sorry. No, I'll stop you there. Great. <laughs> and scene. Hello, and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionwall, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. So today we're going to talk about pilots. Yes. People who fly planes. Absolutely. Um, and if... <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to... They registered, I just tried to ignore it. I know, <laughs> I, I could see you trying and I knew you weren't going to, I knew you were going to crack. As always, if you want to get in touch, uh, if you want us to address any particular topics or shows or, or movies or books or whatever. Um, uh, Professions. Yes. <laughs> um, hit us through the website, uh, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. Um, it's probably the easiest way to get in contact with us uh, in long form. Because uh, otherwise we're on Twitter uh, and you're limited to 140 characters of genius. Um, yes. At the Story Toolkit. I also did want to say quickly in this mm. brief admin section. Um, firstly, thank you for listening. I don't think I've said thank you before. So well, thank you. I feel entitled you feel? to being listened to. So I'm not as much of an asshole as the scene. <laughs> so thank you from the bottom of my heart because it's not made of stone. Yeah. Oh, well, e- your heart has a bottom. Mine is bottomless in this life. <laughs> your ego is bottomless. Um, yeah. And uh, also, if you're listening through, and I know, <laughs> I know most uh, a lot. At least of we you haven't are. resorted to Transformers impressions. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I know a lot of you are listening through um, uh, through iPod or iPhone. Um, so if you could find time at all, just to drop us a quick review on iTunes, that would do us huge favors. Uh, so it? yeah. Oh, okay. By the way, we know because we watch your. Yes. And not because we worked out how to look at the stats on SoundCloud. <laughs> Let's get into it. Took us six months to do that. <laughs> um, I f- I'd, you know, I was about to make a joke about how unprof- unprofessional you're making us sound, but if anything was going to do that, it was the sound wave impression. I, I feel that opening with we're going to talk about pilots, people who can fly planes, set the tone. I don't think I don't think this episode is going to be that big a revelation of how professional we can be. Yeah, that's true. Come on, let's snap this back. Okay, let's crack on. We're going to talk about pilots. Yes, how to write a pilot. What is a pilot? And things. And we use Breaking Bad because you know it's Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, it's also a terrific pilot. It is a terrific pilot. It's also a terrific second, third, fourth, etc. Episode. Yes, all the way up to its. Fantastic. But as we'll talk about later, there are examples of um, shows which had great episodes at the beginning, which then uh, didn't pan out, um, uh, and such yeah. like. But we'll get. We're we'll talking about so, pilots, so we'll start with Breaking Bad, and Basim is going to synopsisize the yes. pilot. Go. So in the pilot, Walter White. Oh, sorry. No, I'll stop you there. Great. <laughs> and scene. Uh, no, I thought it was important to address it now. So we're talking about pilots uh, today for long form. Yes. There are, um, obviously, episodic television is still a bit of a thing, although we were saying that it's drama... Kind of yeah. That... So 
your pilot has to set up your series, and depending on the nature of your series, that determines what your pilot has to have. It's kind of, I mean, that it just sort of makes sense. Yeah. So we're talking about what is now the long form series, which is it's an unfolding story that takes place over say five seasons um at the, the very least over one yeah. season as Straczynski said about be five you know the novel on television right? yeah 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 so it's that unfolding series in game of thrones that's literally the case it is a novel on television right um so that unfolding narrative over the course of seasons has different um constraints on the pilot than say a show that is episodic yeah. Um, where there is no causality or connectivity necessarily between episodes, but and so yeah. In terms depends. of dramatic television, there's not a lot out there um, episodic anymore. You were saying no. before we were recording, even Sherlock now isn't is not. Yeah, episodic. Sherlock in 2010 was episodic. Yeah, but seven years later it isn't. Yeah, except Doctor Who is <coughs> actually, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. But um, Doctor Who's 50 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, it's a, kind of Sherlock, like new television. And also, of course, Sherlock is like based on a hundred-year-old property. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, a brand new, like, I don't know. You do get um, episodic sitcom. You, I mean, you get you get things like Supergirl and The Flash, but even they have, they're more like Buffy, which is there is an unfolding storyline, but it's not that's solved every, every season. Sure, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. But the the point of bringing it up now and interrupting um, Bass was that if you guys wanted us to do an episode on um, uh, on an episodic pilot, so yeah. a pilot for an episodic show, or a different kind of pilot, a different kind of pilot, because they address different questions and there'll be different techniques in play. If you wanted us to do that, then just drop us a line on Twitter or through the website, and, yeah. and we will tackle that. Um, as it stands today, we're going to be doing the long form pilot. Yeah, so Breaking the long form pilot. Okay, so shows like Breaking Bad. Yeah, so. Or, um, Oh, <laughs> I, I can't think of one. There, there I'm is no drawing blank. Form. Shield, the Shield, form. Um, Wire, Wire, Sopranos, Sopranos. I'm dropping all of those because all the cool kids do it now. Uh, oh, I, I see how I see how that is. Um, uh, I would like to be able to think of one. Galactica. I'm, li- I'm really. Are we going to stay here in silence until? You are able to think. There's long another form long form series out there, right? There's a few. House yeah. of Cards. Done. Can we That's move it. on? That's all I wanted. I can wanted to name. On? We can move on now. I was not willing to like let that be a blank spot in my mind. Okay, let's hit it. Go. Okay. So synopsis, please. So the synopsis of the first episode of Breaking Bad, the pilot episode, is it opens with Walter White, um, played by Brian Cranston in the desert, not wearing any pants, having crashed an RV, and he hears uh, sirens coming down the road, uh, the desert road, and he pulls out a camcorder, and he starts recording his last will and testament, making it very clear that this is not an admission of guilt. He says that everything he did, he did for his family, who he loves, and then he steps out into the middle of the road as the sirens are coming towards him, with a gun drawn and then it cuts to the credits and it's a flashback and uh, the show shows you Walter White he has this persistent cough um, His he's not allowed to eat real bacon 
It's his 51st birthday, I believe. It's 50th, isn't it? In the first it's 50th. Because it's two years, the show. You're right, it's it? 50th. Yeah. It's his 50th birthday. And um, uh, he has this little ritual, which is his wife Skylar breaks up the bacon and make, puts it on the plates in the shape of his age, so 50. But it's not real bacon, it's fake bacon. Um, bacon. Bacon. He's not allowed real bacon anymore. Um uh, he goes to school where he's a chemistry teacher and he's in heavily overqualified as a chemistry teacher. Then after his job at school, he goes to work in a car wash because it's to make ends meet. His wife is pregnant. He has a son, already a teenage son with cerebral palsy, but his wife is pregnant with another baby. And so he goes to the car wash and at the car wash, he's treated like crap. And one of the kids who, from his class owns the car he's cleaning and it's a car he clearly could never afford and so he's mocked by those kids and uh, he passes out from all the coughing and it turns out that this man who does not smoke has inoperable terminal lung cancer and he doesn't really know how to process it he doesn't tell anyone about it he goes home and (gasps) surprise birthday party how nice and he's having a surprise birthday party Uh, And during his surprise birthday party, his brother-in-law, Hank, who is a DEA agent, um, stops the party so everyone can watch him on television doing a drug raid. And on the drug raid, uh, they show you all what they seized and the amount of money that they seized. And it's like 700,000 or whatever. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Walt says to Hank, is that a lot of money? And Hank says, no. That's that's average. Like these these places, they make that kind of money all the time. And so Hank, uh, sorry, Walt asks Hank to do a drive along with him, so he can see the the setup and everything. Because he's a chemist, right? He wants to see the setup. He's curious. And as he go, he so Hank takes him on a on a bust. They Hank and his partner and the rest of the DA they do a bust, but they leave Walt in the car. And Walt is watching uh, one of the drug uh, dealers escape from the bust and he recognises him as one of his old students Jesse Pinkman and so he goes to Jesse's house he finds out where he lives goes to Jesse's house and says I saw you do that and he goes whatever old man you know I don't want to be involved and he says no no we're going to cook together and if we don't cook together I'm going to tell my brother-in-law about you and you're going to get arrested so because you are this drug dealer called Chili Cap- Captain Chili uh, chili, what was his name? He puts chili in the thing. Okay, it's I, Captain yeah. something, isn't it? Isn't it Captain Chili? Something like this. Um, something like that. Jeez, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Chili Pete. No, it's not Chili Pete. That's Skinny Pete. I'm thinking. That's skinny Pete. Yeah. 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 No, it's he, anyway. He's he's Chili. He puts chili in the in the crystal meth. That's what. That's his signature thing. And um, so Walt. Um, says, look, we're going to cook. Okay. And so he forces Jesse to go along with him. They get an RV, which we saw in the thing. They go out to the middle of the desert and they cook crystal meth. And as they're cooking crystal meth, um, Walt uh, has taken stuff from the high school and everything. And he's making him cook crystal meth. Captain Cook, through the power of technology. Captain Cook. Captain Cook, yes. Thank you, Google. (laughs) Okay, that's the Captain Cook. Okay. So anyway, so he's he's doing um, the cook with Jesse, and he's making Jesse 
do it properly and he's treating it like a real proper science thing and he produces the most pure crystal meth Jesse has ever seen and it's unbelievable it's like shards of glass okay and Jesse says you're an artist and he goes it's just chemistry okay so Jesse takes this to his drug dealer Crazy 8 his his guy and Crazy 8 says hey my cousin was with you when uh, when uh, the bust happened because his cousin was the one that Hank busted he goes my cousin was with you you didn't get arrested because you sold them out and he goes that's nonsense the cousin then shows up and so Jesse's in a lot of trouble so um, Crazy 8 forces Jesse at gunpoint with his cousin to take them to the cook site so they drive out to the desert where Walt is who's by the RV and Walt uh, and uh, Jesse are there and like the Crazy 8's there and it's like okay you're the one who made the meth everything let's talk about this at which point the cousin recognises Walt from the DEA bust and so Crazy 8's going to kill them so they try to run and Walt says look I'm not with the DEA but I'll show you how I did it I'll show you how I made this perfect glass crystal meth and that and that way you can make this yourself so he takes them into the RV Jesse's outside the RV in the in the car he takes them into the RV he's making what looks to be crystal meth and then because he understands chemistry he turns the crystal meth into a poisonous gas closes the RV with him on the outside and holds the door closed and poisons crazy eight and his cousin to death he then gets Jesse, who's been knocked out. He gets Jesse, puts Jesse in the RV with a gas mask. He wears a gas mask. He drives. Because he was getting, he was cooking the thing, he was half-dressed. That's why he's not wearing any pants. He crashes the RV off the desert road. The sirens start coming. He pulls out the camcorder. He records the message that we saw him record. He stands in the middle of the road with the gun, at which point he takes the gun and puts it in his own mouth because he's about to kill himself then he doesn't go th- no he pulls the trigger I doesn't was gonna he? Say he pulls the trigger yeah. there's no bullets right left in the gun it doesn't kill him okay so he, he doesn't shoot himself because ah he doesn't know what to do and then he sees that the sirens are not police sirens they're a fire engine and actually they're going for something completely different they just drive past him and that's the first episode <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is just great um, that's the first episode of Breaking Bad that's the pilot to Breaking Bad okay so then we need to talk about the major techniques then that, or the, yes. the things that a long form pilot has to do yes um, we think there's f- kind of five things yeah this may uh, we say this may not be an exhaustive list it may not be an exhaustive list but these um, are five clear things we know that the Breaking Bad one does so what we'll do is we'll break yeah. them down we'll say what the what the techniques are and yeah. then we'll go through um, we'll, we'll skim back through the pilot yeah uh, and say how each of like them. Like what? Done. What is it? Because the pilot has to do a certain th- has to do certain things to get the audience to watch the rest of the show. Yeah, because that, as you said at the beginning, that's the point of a pilot. You have to yeah. get the audience to come back. Right. And so, for a long form series where you're saying, "Hey, I want you to watch a show where that will last," you know, five years. Yeah. I mean, even if it's all out already and people are watching it after it's finished, 
like Breaking Bad is sixty episodes plus. It's a yeah. good. It's a good like what sixty seventy hours. Yeah, exactly. That's like what th- that would be three three days without a break, right? Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't you wouldn't do that. You'd be lucky if you could watch uh, half uh, half a season in one day. Five episodes a day. When we were breaking it down for the lecture, I was doing. Um, I, I, could, I maxed out at eight in a sitting. I couldn't do any more than eight. And you've already seen the show. And I've already seen the show. Yeah. yeah. So I would think um, five episodes a day is proper binging, right? Yeah. Yeah. And because people binge uh, a ten episode season in two days in a weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So five episodes a day. So you know, that's like that's a good two weeks. Yeah. And that would be <laughs> two That's weeks watch- of solid yeah. watching of Breaking Bad. It would take you two weeks. So the um, point is, you need to get your audience to come back. Yeah, like why will them. they? Why will they? St- and if you ask people, like, oh, like I need a new show, but I don't want to invest a lot of time in that show. That's what a lot of people will say. Yeah. So your pilot has to say, "This is worth." You know, I want you to stick around for five years. I think that's quite daunting sometimes with with some of these excellent, re, really excellent long form shows. Like, yeah, that's kind of a problem. So, like uh, maybe six years ago, um, uh, I blitzed through The Wire. Yeah, I want to watch it again, but I also know I'm looking at that five box set, yeah, five season box set on my shelf, thinking I just can't justify. Yeah. 60 hours going towards that one and I've got sort of other this you know other things to watch and that's right. that's for me who and I will binge yeah. through anything yeah when I used to draw um, it was very easy for me to watch those shows again because you put them on as you draw sure you've yeah. seen them a thousand times it's not really a big deal yeah but um, yeah. yeah I know okay mean. so then how do you get the audience to come back so point one then yeah well we think there seems to be at least five yeah things so one of them one of the most important things of course is that you give the audience the major dramatic question of the series so the audience knows what what's going to what sort shows about basically yeah so what is the major dramatic question of the series okay yeah so which is essentially just getting the inciting incident out yeah. right yeah and so <clears throat> yeah essentially it's the inciting incident yeah, yeah. um yeah that's right um, so the inciting incident of the series as a whole that will create the spine of action for the story. Yeah. Um, I just think it's it's worth pointing that out because in in a uh, in a movie, if you've got say um, it, it, convention sort of states that within the first half an hour you yeah. need to get the inciting incident out there. Well, if you look at that over the course of a two-hour movie, you're saying within the first quarter. Yeah. If you've got a series that's five. You know, or let's say for for easy math, four seasons. Yeah. Then the same math dictates that the inciting incident needs to be out within the first season. Well, that's yeah. just not the case. You need it in episode one. Well, what happens sometimes is there's an inciting incident, but it's for a setup. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's the first half of the inciting incident. The inciting yeah. incident might be built up out of multiple scenes. Um, well, the Breaking Bad ones built out of multiple scenes. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. So it's it's not a hard and fast rule in that sense of what the actual inciting incident is, but because um, there might be a fake, a fake out, and right? you can develop the question. Develop As the question. In other you might podcasts. change the question, like halfway through the show, it changes. Mm. This was the intent of Crusade, for example. Um, Crusade's major dramatic question is: Will they find the cure to the Drach plague? Um, Crusade, by the way, is the spin-off to Babylon Five. 
Uh, it's set years after Babylon 5, and the premise is that there's an alien race called the Drach. They've poisoned Earth with a plague. Earth is under quarantine, and so the question is, will they find the cure to the Drach plague? Um, and what was always intended in the show, but the show got cancelled before the first season, it was like Firefly, before the first season was even <laughs> finished airing, they cancelled it um, because of you know behind-the-scenes problems. Um, but Crusade was going to resolve that question around the middle of season two. Okay. And the show was not about the Drach Plague at all. And that there was a completely different thing that was the actual theory, season, uh, point of the show. And it's actually foreshadowed in every single episode of Crusade that was made. Oh, I see. But it's not about the Drach Plague. This is why you wanted to do a separate episode on Crusade. Oh, it? it would be nice yeah. to do an episode on, on Crusade because I like Crusade a lot. And I think it's, it's, I think it's good, even though it's... Anyway, doesn't matter. But the point was uh, here was that the central dramatic question of the show is actually not the case for Crusade. Presumably, then there was a, there's a reason why the real question is delayed. Yeah, the, 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 because um, the mystery of the, the Drach plague is how you find out what the real question is. Because um, sure. when they find the cure for it, it completely changes the show because it's about where the cure came from. Okay, so. In terms of yeah, in terms of people listening to this episode now, I wanted that out there because, yeah. <clears throat> as with any um, conventional technique we talk about, yeah, um, you know, if you're not going to follow convention, you need to know right exactly. why you're doing it. And so, you you what you know, having like oh, this is the major dramatic question. Then actually, haha, smack. There's something else that's been going on the whole time. Yeah. It's a great twist. It's a great turning point. It can really invigorate the um, the show. But um, even in those cases, you'd kind of tell the audience, this is what the show's about. Even if you're going to fake them out later. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you people, know what I mean? people, the audience will still need to know what your fake show is yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the only exception to that I can really think of is The Wire. The Wire didn't do that. The Wire took four episodes to build its show yeah. up. Uh, but then it said that all the critics, it said to the critics, they sent them the first four episodes and they went, you can't judge this on one episode. You have to watch the first four. Yeah. So, which is why I always feel like every season of The Wire, and I know I've said this before, every yeah. season always takes like between four and seven episodes to really get you on the edge of that. Yeah, yeah. like the like the, the, with a roller coaster, you always need to go up. Yeah, yeah. at the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's the first half of every season of The Wire. Then yeah. just free, put right. your hands in the air and enjoy it on the other yeah. side. The Wire is kind of like we're, we're sprawling all these things out, and then we're gonna. Pay them all yeah. together, so you have that. But, but these are but Crusade, uh, the Wire. These are yeah. exceptions. I mean, even in, look at, in the Wire, there is a sense straight away that you get the sense that the question about this is, um, will they ever solve? <laughs> will they ever solve crime? Like, <laughs> will, will, will will is there ever any going to be any real justice here? Yeah, because it's, it's social yeah, drama. Isn't are it? things going to get better? Yeah. But it's a very nebulous question at the beginning and then becomes more specified. Sure, sure. Uh, it's not the same sort of thing as, say, um, Breaking Bad, which is where you're right. The, the major dramatic question is often just the inciting incident and it's in the pilot. Yeah. The pilot is the inciting incident that sort of will generate the spine of action for the series. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first thing. Your, your pilot needs to establish the dramatic question. Yes. Um, as you said, you, you can do that normally yeah. through through getting yeah. the inciting incident out there. And of course with Breaking Bad, that's the well, case. Well, yeah, that's the case with Breaking Bad. We'll come back to, oh, to okay, sure. that as a specific example in a minute. Um, uh, number two, empathy. Yeah, uh, the audience needs to empathise 
with the characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they don't like them, they're not going to tune in there ever again. They're never they're never going to watch the next episode. They have to actually like these characters and enjoy these characters. When I say like, I don't mean going, "Oh man, I enjoy that person's company." <laughs> uh, I mean they actually have to just they have to really enjoy those characters even if they enjoy hating them like the characters of say Philadelphia, yeah. Sunny and Philly, right? Where you don't like them, but you kind of love them. <laughs> uh, you know, Tony Soprano is not a nice guy, but you want to know. You're intrigued by him, and you empathise with him, and he's an interesting character. And so, yeah. So this empathy is very important. Um, <laughs> you really need it. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to think like of an example where like, hey, is a character that isn't empathetic, and it worked, and I'm just like, I don't think there is one. Uh, an unempathetic uh, empathetic character that that still draws you back every week yeah like you don't come back if you don't like the characters no. it's just it's just there's no point in even trying to fight that tide say like, I want to make a show I can't imagine something like, I want to make a show where you hate all the characters okay well done yeah. like why why are you actively doing that why would you do that you, like, it doesn't make any sense so I'm not even going to try to <laughs> um, okay so uh, empathy um, number three a show you need to prove in the pilot that the show is going to be worth the wait. Yeah, it's worth the wait. That um, you can trust the you can trust that the writers will actually like will give you a story that was worth five years. <laughs> this is especially a problem now with long form, isn't yeah. it? Worth the wait because with something that's episodic, if you could you could watch a few episodes yeah. and say, oh, you know what, I'm bored, and then come back later and nothing's really changed. changed. You know, you've still got you crime wa- of the week. You can or... watch just you can say to someone, hey, can you tell me what the five best episodes were? Right, exactly. It's like I did that with Black Mirror recently, like of season three of Black Mirror. It's like, what's the best episodes of that season? Is that when you asked me and I said what? Yeah, Nosedive was was the one to watch, right? <laughs> That's the one I felt. I think everyone I know, but I know no, 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 I wasn't. No, I wasn't trying to get you to like the show. I was trying to point out. Um, I was trying to give you the what I felt was the most complete episode of that season. Yeah, uh, from yeah. a writing point of view, because I was still desperate at that stage to try and do an episode on it. Yeah. Um, the reason we, so that we haven't done a Black Mirror episode, by the way, no. because. Um, we hate that show. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. I don't hate the show. I don't think... I think season three you'll, is you'll, you'll hate what I tell you to hate. <laughs> You're the one who made me watch Black Mirror and I'm... I'm oh, I did not like it. Anyway, look. The, I, <laughs> the I, point is... The point. The point is, is like... Um, a show that's an anthology or it's episodic. Black Mirror. Columbo. Everything mm. comes back to Columbo. Um... You don't have to worry about your time being invested because if you don't like an episode or whatever, you can just turn it off and then, as you say, watch another episode another time or ah, whatever. No, it's, come, it's not come up in all our conversations before we recorded this. Um, Star Trek. Yeah. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Right? There are episodes... In fact, when I started watching Deep Space Nine, there were seasons that I skipped. Yes. Because Cisco didn't have hair. Uh, sorry, had hair. Yeah. He looked strange. Yep. And I wanted bald Cisco. Yep. Uh, when um, my it's a true story. When, uh, when my friend Adam, um, uh, he, he loves to do this thing. Adam Hughes, the, the comic book artist, he loves to do this thing of, he, just, he does this. He collects in his head episodes of a show to hook people on that show. If he likes the show, sure. he remembers the, he rem- he like, he'll make a list of like 12 episodes and say, watch these 12 to hook them. Okay. That's what he does, right? Yeah. So whenever there's a show I know he likes, and I'm thinking of getting into it, I go, "Can you 
hook me up, uh-huh. right? And so he did it with Community. It didn't work. I didn't like Community. <laughs> I watched like the 12 best episodes of Community. I'm like, these aren't good enough. Oh, no, he doesn't have 12 in his head. That's not the case. I gave him the Firefly test. That's what happened. I said, give me, oh, give me this. I'd seen two episodes of Community. I won't give me 12 more. <laughs> that was it. Um, uh, but I, with Parks and Recreation, I said to him, you know, what, you know, hook me up. And he went, watch season three onwards. Oh, right, really? Skip the first two seasons. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I watched it, and then I went back to watch season one and two, and there's like a main character in seasons one and two that isn't in the rest of the show. And I'm, and I'm sitting there with like dramatic irony going, what happened to this character? Did he, did, does he die? What happens to him? Um, but, um, yeah, the, um, I forget why I brought that up. We were talking about something being worth the wait, and I mentioned episodic television, which is was something you can dip in and out of with yeah. a with a pi- long form pilot. You need to prove to your audience yes that that, that it's worth their while sticking yeah. with the show because you mentioned you skipped seasons of DS Nine. Yeah, exactly. And I skipped the first two seasons of Parks. Exactly. Yeah. You need to like it does does doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with a long form thing, no, you, you're kind of saying like, hey, you've got to watch all the episodes in order. And uh, this is what going to be worth your time, right? And so you have to give the audience a sense that this is actually worth their time. Yeah. You, I mean... How, yeah. how do you do that, by the way? Well, we're going to get to that, aren't we? Well, we're going to get to it with Breaking Bad. I just wondered if there was a more general kind of way of summing up. Maybe we'll, Okay, maybe we'll, start, maybe the, the, we'll just come back. The, I think the general way you do that is you say, by watching this show, you will get stuff that you won't get anywhere else. This is worth your time because it's so well written. Okay, that's how you do that's, it. That's what I thought you. Yeah, you that's ha- what I like thought you. you were ha- it has to like. Ha- how do you tell it's worth your time? It's really well written. Like, sure. it's a sitcom with jokes you're not going to get in another show. It's a drama with s- turns you're not going to see in other t- shows. Yeah. Characters you're not going to get insights and enrichment that you're not going to get from anywhere else. Whereas, if it's just the stock, listen, kid, I'm on the beat, and you got three. Days to retirement. People are like, why am I watching this show? There's no shortage of cop shows. What sh- which character were you doing then, by the way? I was doing an amalgam an am- <laughs> of cliches incoherently. Okay. And uh, All right. I'd like it if we can just move past move it. Move past it, sure. Um, sustainability then. <laughs> For point I, number four, so I, unlike, move past it. Unlike this it. particular episode of our podcast, <laughs> uh, sustainability. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the way I said that, I just remembered Job pitching to that thing like Spin City Sustainability. Crap, that speaks for itself. and He doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> like for a second there, I just felt like, what am I doing? So sustainability is the sense that this show can actually last this many episodes, this many yeah. years. It can actually last. There's enough material here yeah. to go that far. Um, and if there isn't, then, um, you know... <laughs> Just to take a really extreme, silly example that doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, imagine a show that's like, okay, no, in fact, uh, it's just an even more extreme version of 24. Sure. Imagine someone goes, it's 24, but this time, one day will last five seasons. You'd be like, what? <laughs> okay. How does that work? Like, 24 by definition is going to be 24 one hour episodes, right? Like, how can it last longer? It's entirely in slow motion. Like, how is that? You could just go, that doesn't make any sense. No, uh, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought you were going to just actually, <clears throat> I guess, re pitch 24 because when you think about it, like, 24 is really extreme. And yeah. part of the problem with the, the show was the extremity to which. Can you they imagine went. if instead of it being called 24, it was called. It's called 72. 
Right. And it was like three seasons of this. Yeah, okay. That the, This just, is kind yeah. of what I'm getting at. Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought yeah. you were going to pitch. No, but if that was the... the case, you'd be like, uh, that feels three days much. is going to be a three season show. Yeah. Which is going to last three years. These actors will age over the course of that day. This is ridiculous. This will never work, right? Um, but yeah. the question of sustainability is yeah. an issue. Yeah, sustainability 24. is an issue. In fact, 24 already has sustainable issues. <laughs> Just being one season of 24 is like, yeah, you did, there's not enough. <laughs> there's, one day isn't enough for a season. Okay. It just isn't. <laughs> 24 is actually a really good example of this not working. We should have thought of that. We should have thought of that before. But, but we I'm didn't. Glad, I'm glad it's out there. We can come back to 24 later. We can. Um, okay, and fifthly, um, it's a word, uh, invisible exposition. Yes, you want to give the audience the exposition of your of your characters and your series invisibly. Yes. Yeah. they don't realise. If you stop and you keep going, hey... Let's talk about this thing and that thing. The audience feels everything's being spelled out for them. And they get bored. Yeah. Bad exposition's bad exposition, right? People don't like watching bad exposition. If you listen to the way producers talk about pilots, um, one of the major notes that they will often give uh, on pilots is um, that there's too, it's, it's too exposition heavy. Yes. Um, you know, this, we, why do we need all this backstory? The fact is, Ironically, that's one of the major problems with Crusade, uh, which we'll get to, in fact, because Crusade did a series, then they made them make a pilot for the series after they'd already made it. Right. It's like, what well, the show started. So they actually went the other way. Yeah, they, they said, they, we need more exposition. We, we want a pilot. And then they would, not only do we want more exposition, they asked for exposition in the most ridiculous ways. Things like, for example, there should be a scene where the captain is shown the uh, communications room. And the note came back from J. Michael Straczynski, the series producer. He can see it from his chair. <laughs> he doesn't need to have a whole scene telling us about that set. You can see it. Like, it does, it, you know what I mean? So, this was the kind of. So, they actually asked for the exact opposite. They wanted constant exposition. Yeah. And uh, the invisible, you want to give the audience exposition invisibly so that they aren't aware of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they get drawn into the show. Essentially, if we come back to the idea of a pilot, the idea of the pilot is to get the audience to watch again. Therefore, the only exposition you need in the pilot is whatever the audience needs to be told the story. Yeah, yeah. It, basically, right? the principle is the same for every episode in the show. Sure, yeah. Uh, to tell so, this episode, yeah. what's the minimum exposition you Right, need? and what people don't seem to realise from watching loads of pilots is they think, well, no, that that principle doesn't need to apply to a pilot because you have to get the audience into it. And say, like, no, if you have to resort to really on-the-nose, undramatized exposition to get the audience into the show, um, then this, that's you've, you've got it wrong. You know what I mean? It's, it's like your characters aren't acting like your characters. You're not giving them a sense of the show. Yeah. You're spelling everything out. They're going to get bored. They don't understand why they're there in the first place. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, some of this stuff has changed over the years because before people would watch TV while they're doing other things. You know, you'd have, you didn't record television. You had television that was airing and then there were breaks and then people would get up for the breaks. Yeah. And then they would come back and they've missed the first couple of, you know, they've missed the first 30, 40 seconds. And so things kept having to be 
repeated again and again and again because people couldn't rewind. Yeah. They couldn't pause. Now, it's totally... It's different. And, you know, actually, yeah. something I noticed recently, one of the things, one of the greatest things uh, that that's happened with Netflix and Amazon uh, creating their own shows that just go straight online and, and they're designed to be binged is when I was watching The OA... Um, episode lengths vary between four, 40 minutes and like an hour and five minutes. That's true. And it's because uh, a certain episode only needs to be a certain length to tell the story. So they don't crowbar it into less no. time. They don't have to worry the, about ads, scheduling, exactly. none of that. And it's fantastic. It means that the, the storytelling is more organic um, and, yeah. and works better because of Yeah, it. and this is, has always been the case for like novels and things, right? Where chapters aren't always the same number of pages. Right, exactly. Between chapters. Yeah. Uh, a lot of um, television writing was built on this idea of act breaks, where you had to write in a way that you knew an, an advert was coming up. Yeah. And so they had to be written in like 10 minute chunks. And like, that's an interesting design challenge. But it became the industry standard, and like, that's the only way television could be done. Well, now that's just not the case anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. people are just like remembering, hey, we don't have to write it that way, and they're tossing that out the window, which is good. Okay, let's push on to the uh, the example then of the the um, Breaking Bad pilot. Okay. So let's run back through the examples. Um, Breaking Bad pilot establishing the major dramatic question. Yeah, so the major dramatic question you get in the Breaking Bad pilot is, is he going to pull it off? As in become a... Meth is dealer. he going to pull off the whole scheme that he has, which is make enough money to um, provide for his family after he's dead? Sure. That's the dramatic question of Breaking Bad, right? And then as the show goes on, <laughs> you realize that the biggest complication, the, big, <laughs> the biggest hurdle to Walt doing that is the fact that deep down inside Walt... There is Heisenberg, and Heisenberg doesn't want to provide for his family. Heisenberg is in the empire business, right? And it's just about, like, will Walt be able to provide for his family in spite of the fact that he is completely self-obsessed with becoming the greatest drug kingpin who has ever lived? Um, So at first you think, like, oh, is he going to be able to pull it off? Is he smart enough? Uh, will the cancer get him beforehand? Will the law catch him? And then as the show goes on, it's like, is he is he going to kill his own family <laughs> <laughs> in order to be a drug dealer? Um, so, yeah. So, um, so I thought uh, it was just worth pausing on that as well because we mentioned inciting incidents earlier uh, when talking about this point. So with, yeah. the, with the Breaking Bad episode, the inciting incident uh, is what? It's in two scenes. He discovers he has um, lung cancer and uh, he offers Jesse the opportunity to cook. Yeah. That's the inciting incident. So you couldn't have it just be one or the other because the lung cancer without the um, Jesse scene isn't an inciting incident. It doesn't give us anything. Yeah. Um, And Jesse, without the lung cancer, doesn't give Walt the motivation. Yeah. So the two have to come together, which is now Walt is motivated to cook meth. Yeah. Um, and he has the uh, means and opportunity and everything to actually cook meth. Sure. So that's the inciting incident, and that sets up the thing of will he pull this scheme off? And then for five seasons, we are constantly wondering, is he going to pull this off? Is he actually going to pull this off? 
and as the show deepens and goes further and further the risks become grander and and uh, and uh, the conflict becomes more you know first he's got conflict from crazy eight then from tuco then from gus then from himself and the law and everything so yeah okay will he be able to pull this off before he dies from his cancer yeah I remember the um, uh, wasn't the um, what 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 was the famous pitch for Breaking Bad? Oh, Mr. Chips becomes Scarface. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I I just kind of saw a link between that and the dramatic. Well, you see, that's that's basically. interesting because that is the pitch they used to get the TV company AMC. Yeah, that was the pitch they used to get them to fund the show. Because for them, they need to know what is this show about, where is it actually going. The audience doesn't know that. The audience Does, doesn't, doesn't know, know that Mr. Chips becomes Scarface. Yeah, that's true. They that's don't true. know that's the case. Um, they they just get that sense of, is he going to pull this off? Yeah. Uh, but AMC, they will go, is he going to pull this off? And then you know what they want to know? The answer. <laughs> right because they're the ones paying for this yeah yeah so yeah. it's like we need to know the answer behind whether or not Walt will actually pull this off is there a difference then um, between uh, the dramatic question you would ask in the pilot to a long form show like that and say the dramatic question um I'm kind of freewheeling here a little bit, but um, uh, say in a film, and I'd uh, let me try and qualify this slightly more. Um, so th- the way you just talked about the question for Breaking Bad, mm. it's this whole idea that we talked about in another episode where um, the dramatic question changes through. Yeah, the we talked of a about the Million Dollar Baby episode. The there gear you go, shift the movies. gear shift one. Thank yeah. you. Um, uh, yeah, where you pose a question at the beginning. Do you okay? Here's here's how I rephrase the question. Do you need to pose a dramatic question um, that has room to develop in your pilot? Well, it well it would depend, right? Um, a Crusade was an example of a gear shift series. Yeah, uh, but Breaking Bad isn't. But the, the but the you mean but it, the question the it, question de- that but we've we're going to address that that sustainability. Will it pay off? Those are the other elements. Of the oh, okay, plan. okay. In which case, sure. Yeah, we'll, it's a different we'll thing. But the, the, okay. this this element specifically is that you plant in the audience. This is what the show is about. So the audience, okay, then we can answer my question. The audience doesn't need to know exactly where you're going with it. No, it just needs to know this is what the show is about. This is about a guy who's going to try and become a drug dealer. We don't know where that's going. Do you think Breaking Bad would have worked if the audience knew it was going towards Scarface? Yeah, they could have done foreshadowing. Why not? They did foreshadow five seasons worth. What they always did is, I mean, they did this a lot. They often did a lot of foreshadowing of the end of the episode you're about to watch. Yes, yeah. They never was... really made you wait. I mean, they do it in the pilot. They do it with the, the seventh episode and stuff. There was there was a lot. They, the whole the whole of um, season, season two. two yeah. yeah, as well. So they did that a lot, but um, you get the sense that it's going somewhere. Yeah, you just don't know exactly where, because. But if you did it with foreshadowing, it would be just it would just be a different thing. Sure. But you, why not? Okay. All right. Um, then empathy. How does uh, Breaking Bad create well, empathy? With Breaking Walt? Breaking Bad knows that the big thing that's going to happen with Walt is Walt's pride is going to turn him into Heisenberg, and his pride is going to be hugely damaging for him. 
and his pride and his ego is sort of the the, the tragic flaw of the character and it's it's the bit of him that's most horrible so what they did quite cunningly is they made you empathize with his pride <laughs> so that you got into into bed with Heisenberg before you even knew Heisenberg was there um, because the show emasculates him uh, he can't eat real bacon uh, he teaches at school where he's not respected even though he's way overqualified then he has to go to a car wash where he washes the cars of the kids in his class his boss at the car wash doesn't respect him his son is bullied for having cerebral palsy um, and then finally the greatest injustice of all life gives him lung cancer when he doesn't even smoke Yeah, and he goes to his birthday party and it's about Hank it's not about him and so, um, and so, you get the sense of he deserves better, <laughs> right? He deserves better. So, you empathise with him, his desire that hey, I deserve this. So you empathise with the fact that he's going to become a drug dealer, and then you see how smart he is, and how resourceful he is. Yeah. And and then you start falling in love with the character, and by then it's too late. And so when he starts acting more and more like a jerk, you go. At some point, you go, "Yeah, you crossed the line, Walt. Uh, you shouldn't have done that. That was the wrong thing to do." Uh, but it's like, yeah, you got empathy with him, and the pilot makes you really empathize with Walt. You want him to succeed. Um, you want him to succeed without hurting people. <clears throat> and as the show goes on, the more people he hurts, you go, ah. I'm not sure if I want him to succeed, but I want to know if he does. The show also in the first episode, the, um, his motivation for raising the money, like mm. the money is for the family. Yes. I'm doing this for my family. Yes. And so you stick with that. Yeah. It's only in the last episode, isn't it, where he finally uh, oh, turns around I, and says, well, no, I liked it. Yeah. And not only that, like, as, as he says, I'm doing it for the money, we go, I, th- I, think, I think he still believes that. All the way through the, the yeah, the but show. you're going. I don't think that's why you're doing it. But he's like he's telling himself, and you go, yeah, yeah, I lied on myself too, <laughs> but not about this. <laughs> like this is this is uh, you got a little far there. <laughs> like this isn't about your family anymore. This is this is not about the pilot. But I do I like asking this question of people. When did he? <laughs> When did he cross the line for you? When yeah. did you say enough? Everyone goes like, when, when, like that's the thing. Like, yeah. when was it? When was too? When was, was it too, too much? Like, I think the thing is Jane. As as early as season two, it might be that right. <laughs> Jane is like when you go, oh, dude, that might be too much, right? Um, <laughs> it might be that. What was it for you? For me, it was the uh, Lily of the Valley, end of season four. I no, held that's in season three. No, season four, surely. Oh no, you're right. This season, season four, four, Lily of the Valley, season four. Yeah. Oh, you held in. I held it for too long. <laughs> I know objectively now. Oh, <laughs> I think I think the writers of Breaking Bad said they got sick of him before Jane. Really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Because they know he's lying. Uh. Like we don't, and Walt is almost believing himself, yeah. but they know that like Walt is. Totally lying. I mean, I know, I, I know he crossed the line way Gale. before, but I was just, I was blind to it Gale. the whole way. Gale. Was that Gale for I think you? it was Gale. That season three. Yeah, I think it was Gale. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Poor Gale. That's not right. It's all right. Gale survived and went on to become a lawyer in suits. Yep. Um, 
But then, but then, unfortunately, after the, he became a lawyer in suits, he became a cop in damages and got killed. Ah, he just keeps being killed. <laughs> uh, okay, so empathy. Was there anything more you wanted to discuss on empathy? No. Sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> then a show being worth the wait. Ah, yes. Because this is uh, a good one for Breaking Bad. Yeah, so Breaking Bad, how do you know this show is worth the wait? I just told you the pilot episode, right? There's two major reversals, there's two acts in the pilot. Which is only, what, 50 minutes? Yeah. Two major reversals <laughs> yeah. inside He kills minutes. Crazy 8 and then he tries to kill himself. I mean, that's that's it. That's just like... what The first episode of Breaking Bad has Walt videotape a confession of his crimes and try to commit suicide. And at the beginning of the episode, he wasn't a criminal. <laughs> that's one episode. And once that happens, you go, yeah, they're... This is worth my time. So the common criticism of Breaking Bad, from anybody that I've heard that's criticised the show, the, the criticism I've heard is that it's too slow. And they're wrong. There we go. Well, I think what, the reason they say it's too slow is because the first episode isn't. Right, and then two, three, four... And then it just cuts eight. the pace back down a little yeah, bit for yeah, a few yeah. episodes. For a few episodes. <laughs> when I say it cuts the pace back for a few episodes, the next two episodes are him wondering whether or not he should kill Crazy Eight. Right. I don't, I don't understand the complaint. I remember watching Breaking Bad before it was cool. Before it was cool. Okay. Before it, it blew up in the third you season. You never sounded more hipster. I am total hipster. It, it blew up in season three. Yeah. Okay. I watched season one on DVD when it came out. Okay. So this was before Netflix. This was before your internet and your computers. And, and your mobile phones. And your airplanes. <laughs> And your automobiles. Uh, so I was watching Breaking Bad. And I was like, this is amazing. There's only seven episodes. I don't understand this criticism that it was too slow. When people say that, I feel they are wrong. That what happened is they watched their show. And they went to work the next day. And they talked to someone. And that person said it was too slow because that person read an internet article. And it's been propagated like a virus. And I don't understand it, and they're wrong. And if okay. you think it's too slow, you're wrong too, people at home. Listening to this on your iPods. <laughs> and your mobile phones. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, so Breaking Bad proves that it's worth the wait. Because uh, cause the, the, the question I asked earlier was, how does a show do that? And you said, yeah. so through good writing. So yeah. with Breaking Bad, two yeah. major reversals inside the first episode. Yeah, like in the first episode, this guy gets motivated to the point where he's... Not only cooking crystal meth, he kills two people and then tries to kill himself to right. avoid capture. And you know, this is a guy who will not get caught. He will do everything in his power to not get caught. Sure. Uh, and he is going to try to make hundreds of thousands of dollars off crystal meth. And so the stakes are there. This is going to be worth it. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Okay. And you get that sense. So the difference then between that and sustainability. Um, oh, so, so the sustainability. So um, the the question of is this going to be worth my weight is irrelevant of the length of time, right? That's, that's going to take the quality of the yeah. writing. Sustainability is can this last the amount of time you're suggesting it's going to take? Like, can this last five seasons or not? Sure. Um, and Breaking Bad is like, can this last five years? Um, and you look at that and you go, yeah, this can because he's got all the crime stuff to work, the the family drama 
and he's got the cancer. And so you can just get the sense of, yeah, he, ha- he has to work his way up the crime. He has to juggle this with his family. And he's also got the cancer as a ticking time bomb. Do you know in episode one how much he's got to raise? I know it's the name of an episode. Yeah, it's like I think he mentions it. Episode seven, I think, of season one. The final one is called like... Oh, no, sorry. It's episode one of season two, uh, which is called like 737 or something, isn't it? And that's how much money... Yes. He works out he has to raise. Yeah. It's also the number of the airplane that crashes at the end of the season. The same number? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. The the episode titles of season two kind of tell you what the plane crashes. They they uh, right. they let you in on it. Um Okay. But uh so going back to the part, you know he's got to raise a significant amount of money. Yes. Don't you? Yes. I think so. yeah, I I, he, I don't know if when he calculates the amount he needs. It's the beginning of season two he calculates. Is it? Yeah, it's it's as they get into the car after Tuco's um uh, beating that other guy up. Yeah, it's the it's the resolution to that which happens at right. the beginning of the next season. Yeah, but regardless, you know he needs to earn <coughs> a lot of money. In. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To, to 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 pay for Dreamman to leave for his family. Right. Exactly. Okay. So uh, you get the sense that yeah, this can last. Yeah. Point I was making is it's, yeah. it's a large amount of money. Right. That's yeah, where yeah. you get the sense of in yeah. the pilot. Yeah. So they map out where the ending roughly to the story is but not yeah. specifically yeah you know that like he's got to deal with the law he's got to deal with the criminal organisation he's got to deal with his family and he's got to deal with his medical yeah problem. so there's like there's four major areas of of, of 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 story there okay which just comes back to the question I asked earlier about the dramatic question being not exact it, is not, he, not, is not he, sorry is he going to pull it off is the question from start to finish but what that means in its entirety isn't fully comprehended in the first episode. It's because it seems. Will he put it off? Is a very broad question. The it is question a very becomes broad much more focused as the see- seasons yeah, but go on. Every it? episode, but you're constantly asking the question: Is he going to pull it off? The show doesn't stop and then go: Is he ever going to be happy? It's, right. It's always: Is he going to pull this off? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that. Yeah. That's not what I was getting at. It was was more like, as you said earlier, will he put it, pull it off in spite of the fact of this, etc. Will he pull it off with Skylar not wanting to be with him anymore? Yeah. Will he see the point in it anymore, etc. Is he going to pull this off? Is the big question in Breaking Bad, and that's in the pilot. Okay. So with a with a long form show, do you need a question that broad, or can you be more focused? Well, I would think the problem is the more focused the question becomes, the less sustainable the show becomes. Right, because the audience will start to go. Well, that seems like a really obvious question that can be solved next week. Yeah. So why won't it be? Whereas at the same time, um, if the question is so so broad, it becomes meaningless. People don't even care anymore. Sure. So, um, but yeah, it's just it has to be. It's just, it's less about broad. It's more just about clarity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they know what he what the protagonist wants. And they have an idea of what's stopping the protagonist. Okay. And that's it. But really, what the protagonist wants is kind of what we mean by that dramatic question. Like, what do they want? And it's like, he wants to pull off this scheme. Is it far enough away it's going to take a while? Is it close enough that he's got a reasonable chance of getting yeah. it? Yeah. And is the okay. is the res- resolution of this going to be worth the wait? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Okay. So that's sustainability, uh, and then last we've got invisible exposition. Yeah. Now, I think Breaking Bad that pilot does exposition incredibly. Yeah. Okay. There's Go on then. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah, you do it. I made a note earlier. <laughs> um, 
because I knew you might do. <laughs> I didn't have to say I made a note earlier. Well, like, I could just seem excellent. You could you could just say it. Like you don't have to go. Let me explain my my workings. This to is you. just my method. Okay, my method. don't question. Don't don't you come it up, up all, <laughs> all up in me? They questioning my method and my ways and hows. And I just feel like we're fifty five minutes into this podcast, and I think we should be. This should we should be about. This should have been halfway through the episode right. of today, and I feel like we've dragged this on quite a lot. We have. And I don't, and I, I don't want to think that the reason is because of this kind of behaviour right now, <laughs> <laughs> that I, that we just pick at each other. There's a lot of subtext here, Luke. <laughs> um, right, he's overqualified. Wrong. Shut up. <laughs> Jesus. I was going to say that. I, was I almost, know. I was going to cut you off, in fact, but you stopped and it annoyed me. <laughs> Go on. So he's exclusive. overqualified. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, so he's overqualified. He's overqualified. I'm talking about exposition, so yes. within the episode. Yes. Um, him being overqualified sets up um, uh, the poisoning later in the episode. Yes. Right. Yeah, he talks. He tells Jesse, doesn't he, about uh, you have to be careful how you're doing this, otherwise you'll end up with phosphoric gas. And he's like, what's that? Poison. Right. Respect the chemistry. And then later on, when he does it, they don't tell you he's made phosphoric gas. He no. just does it. And you go, ah, oh, I remember he mentioned yeah. this earlier. Yeah. It's a setup. Yeah. But I was thinking more in terms of. In terms uh, of the, the whole show. In terms of, like, how do you know Walt and Skylar are married? Because they're married, right? <laughs> and they live together. There isn't a scene where Walt goes, I married Skylar 20 years ago. Let me tell you how we met. <laughs> And then starts to... I don't know why he's smoking in my example. <laughs> he just starts... To, like, there are shows that would have people explain to you how they met. But sure. doesn't happen. The shows that would show you the communication room. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't happen. Uh, they, they don't explain any of this stuff. They don't tell you how Marie and Hank got together. They don't tell you... Um, they, they don't even tell you what uh, Walter Jr.'s disease is. You just know it's cerebral palsy. They never tell you, do they? They never tell you. They never name it. No. You just know that he has a thing, and late, later on you can look up online and discover it's called cerebral palsy and stuff. Sure. Um, but you don't find that out. You don't... The only exposition, really, you find out about these characters is that Walt taught Jesse. And Walt tells Jesse, hey, you used to be my student. But yeah. it's completely dramatised. Because we want to yeah. know, how does he know who Jesse is? How does he recognise him? Yeah. Pink, like that, right? Yeah. And so the exposition is dramatized. The backstory that takes place before these characters began the show um, is all dramatized. How how do you know it's Walt's birthday? There's a surprise party. How old do you know he is? She puts the fifty on his plate. Do you get nothing spelled out? And as you're right, how do you know he's overqualified? How do you know that he's a genius chemist? Because he makes glass. And as he's making it, he points out that it can become a gas. And then yeah. they pay that off. In you mean glass is in high quality meth? High quality yeah. uh, meth. And, how does he pay? and then they pay that off. How? How do you... Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just invisibly done. And then what they do put in there gets paid off. Is there... Um, I, t- I was wondering about how you approach uh, writing uh, a pilot like this and trying to make sure that the writing, the exposition is invisible. Is there an argument to say that, okay, so you've got your story, you just 
um, not don't worry about it, but more um, deliberately leave out as much as you can and then become objective and see if there's something missing that you need. Um, Is that one way to approach it, do you think? I don't know. Um, I, I would I, I would think, like, if you understand your characters and you write them properly, um, you don't bother putting exposition in. Like, research stops it. Because characters should know certain things. Yeah. And so they just don't... They don't tell people those things. Yeah. And then the audience has to pick that up. So let, let the audience Yeah, the just work. let the audience be a tourist and they come in <clears> and they pick it up. And if... So, yeah, what I meant with trying to become objective... So if you write something essentially leaving everything out... Yeah. And then you go back to your story or, better still, you put it into a treatment and you tell somebody your story and then that audience is saying, well, how come this, or what about this? Yeah. Then that should lead you in the direction of, okay, so maybe I am missing something. Maybe I do need a scene where we find out that, um, um, say, Walt is... Like, we we need to know Walt is... Um, uh, I'm thinking more like, say, the car wash scene, for example. We yeah. need a scene where he's washing the car of one of his students. Yeah. Right. But you you do that, yeah. But in that, for example, it would be like we need to the exposition that Walt does the car wash, right? That Walt works at a car wash. Yeah. You say how, how we need that scene. We go why? Why do we need to know that he works at a car wash? Well, we need to know he works two jobs. Why? Why? Because it sets up how much of an injustice it is. If he has to work two jobs yeah. and one of them is so crappy that he has to wash the cars of the kids right. that he teaches in the school where he's ridiculously overqualified, uh-huh. that sets up better the injustice of the cancer. Why do we need to do that? Because it makes it a better show. Why are you being nitpicky? Uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> you ask the question, why do we need the scene where he works at a car wash? You go... We haven't motivated him enough. Oh, I see. Right, I'm with you. And so you go, we need to show the injustice. Why? Because we have to motivate him. Why do we have to motivate him? So then you write that scene to motivate Walt, not to not to tell everyone he works at a car wash. So do you see what I mean? So the reason use the car wash to motivate him rather than how do we get the car wash scene in there? So the reason for a scene isn't should never be exposition. Yeah, so it should never be, oh, the audience needs a scene where he can see, explaining the the, the command, the communications room. It's like, no. Sure. No, why do we, why does he need to go into the communications room? Yeah. So, uh, which comes back to the yeah. whole point of um, this episode and yeah. the whole point of a pilot episode, which is that you need in your pilot... Um, uh, yeah. a way of bringing the audience back and so you only need to give the audience what they need in order to understand right exactly that's why we don't need Gretchen and Elliot in the pilot bingo right that's just not relevant yeah Gretchen and Elliot can come into the pilot um, as like a say once we've empathised with Walt and you mean come under- into the show not- yeah. yeah once we once uh, we've empathised with Walt and we understand his pride then we can have Gretchen and Elliot come in and offer him charity yeah, and then we'll understand why Walt says no. Yeah, if they if they threw Gatronelli in at the beginning, and said oh he hates these people and all that stuff, we'd be like just get over it and we'll yeah. risk empathy and stuff. Plus, knowing Gretchen Elliot undercuts his motivation, so you wait, yeah. you motivate him, create empathy, do that, then you bring Gretchen Elliot. Yeah, we don't need to know about them. Good. Okay. Right. Let's move on because as you pointed out, we are 
pushing time yes. uh, a little bit. Um, let's go through quickly a counter example for each of the points. A okay. bad example yes. of each of these. Okay. And I know this is, your eyes just lit up because you're like, right. <laughs> I, I get to shit on shows. Oh, Excellent. Actually, I was more thinking, yes, let's see if I can do this quickly. <laughs> okay because we're we're an hour and three minutes in we are but uh, listeners have said they don't mind the longer ones as long as they're good and don't involve us going derailing to old crap <laughs> okay so <laughs> you say derailing it's like the train is off in the gorge and we're plummeting down no, it's like, we could do we could do this we can do this guys we're already derailed just put your hands in the air and enjoy it on the way down do okay. do do um, okay, uh, establishing the major dramatic question, bad example, please. You ha- you've written down the examples. I have. Do you not remember the examples? I, I think it was Galactica, wasn't it? Was. It was. I, yeah. I suggested Galactica. You did. Yeah. yeah, so Galactica has a really bad major dramatic question. Um, in the pilot. In the pilot, which yes. is the miniseries. The miniseries, yeah. And the pilot's major dramatic question is, will they make it to Earth? And the answer is, uh. <laughs> and... Like, will they make it to Earth? Well, considering that you've decided whether or not Earth even exists, and if it does exist, how hard it is to get to and everything, it's like, you kind of stack the deck in whatever order you want it to. I have no idea. There's no way of knowing if it's going to be interesting watching them get to Earth. I remember when he goes, we're going to go to Earth. I'm like, that sounds like Voyager. Yeah. This sounds boring. I do not care. However, (coughs) the next episode, 33, which was the first episode of the series... Yeah, is the question: Will they survive? Will they actually survive? That was far more interesting because we knew the dangers they were up against. Should thirty-three have been the pilot? Yes, right. And all that stuff in the miniseries should have just been backstory that slowly brought out. And also, there shouldn't have been Halo. I liked the actor for Halo, but it was a rubbish storyline. And Athena was terrible, and the baby was terrible. There's a lot of things I would change about (laughs) Galactica. Let's not get into it. No, Um, but they. So the the idea then. that we just talked, or I just suggested, where you you try and come in as late as possible. This is an example of that as well, right? Yeah. It's, so you've got all this tremendous. I mean, it's tremendous backstory. The whole. Yeah, how they know, blew that up and everything. Baltar yeah. being responsible. Yeah. You know, the plan being enacted. Yeah, that's all terrific. Yeah. Do you need that? You, there were certain things you probably have to change in thirty three. I guess I say Gosh. that. No, you don't. You watched thirty three before you watched the miniseries, didn't you? Um. No, I didn't. No, I. Saw you watched the miniseries, the miniseries first. first. Because there's certain things like the Baltar seeing <coughs> the Cylon woman in his dreams. And oh, sure. Submission. That might need some explaining um, because it's so weird. You see, that's where if, you, if you're doing a fantasy show, yeah, there's some sort of like level of exposition that kind of is yeah. necessary. But even then you have to dramatize it. Um, but regardless, uh, th- those, are very sol- those are expositional problems that are quite easy to solve. But the point being that you start with they're being chased by the Cylons. Yeah. They don't have any time to rest or anything. It's a great pilot. And, uh, and it gives a great major dramatic question, which is, can they survive Yeah, the pursuit um, of the Cylons? You, uh, I actually don't think you need Earth at all in Galactica. I think it works fine. If they're heading somewhere else. It's, they don't, they're not heading anywhere. They're just trying to not get killed. Oh, I see. It's like, can, is there a planet that they can live on? That's like, For me, I feel the whole nature of them working out what the hell to do is really fascinating because they're on the run there's no such thing as earth no one's heard of it immediately the admiral is like okay we can't keep running forever we need to find a place to stay 
And the president's like, okay, what do we need to look for? That we can't go to a planet they know about the Cylons. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how can we make a planet safe from them? That's a whole thing. Isn't it better just to keep running? But we can't do that forever. You know, how long can we run for? What kind of resources do we need? Etc. All that kind of stuff, to me, is far more interesting. The nature of how are they going to survive, if at all, is interesting. Will they find Earth is not interesting, because Earth isn't anything. It can be whatever they want it to be. If they want Earth to be a happy paradise world, it's a happy paradise world. If they want it to be a terrible world, it can be terrible. If it's hard to find, it's easy to find. They make all those things are their decisions to make. There's no setup. There's nothing in there. Will they make it to Earth? So, what if they do? That's not even the real question, right? Will they make it to Earth? If they make it to Earth, so what? The Cylons follow them, right? Yeah. So what? The real question is, can they survive the silence? That's the real question of the Which show. Which is why the pilot fails because it's not the real question of yeah, the, the show. The real, the, yeah, the 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 the, the pilot says like they're gonna go. Are they gonna find Earth? And it's like that's not doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if they find Earth, that's not really what's interesting. Yeah, that's that's the answer there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if they find Earth, so what? Survival is is far yeah, more interesting. Exactly. Question. So okay, bam. Wonderful. Number two, empathy. A show that fails with empathy. Oh yeah, Hannibal. Yeah, I really like Hannibal. The Mads Mikkelsen series. Uh, season The end of season one is very good, and season two is excellent, and season three is pr- very good as well, but not as good as season two. Season two of Hannibal is the season of Dexter we were promised and never given. <laughs> However, the major problem with Hannibal uh, is the first seven or eight episodes are really bad and dull. And the reason is because there's no empathy with the main character, uh, Will Graham, because he has no dimensions. Right. And so he's just boring. He's just boring to watch. And so it's not until about episode eight or something where it starts to get interesting. Yeah. So the pilot of Hannibal, I was really, really bored with. And But people had talked about it in such a way that I thought I have to stick with it. And I had the two seasons on DVD. I'd, already, <laughs> I'd bought them because You were of, financially committed. Yeah, I bought them based on how people talked about it. Yeah. So I kept, I gave it a chance, and um, I'm glad I did because it really pays off. Um, but yeah, empathy was a big problem. Okay, cool. A uh, show being worth the wait, then. Uh, a show that just proves it wasn't worth the wait. Ju- judging from the pilot, this is a game now. Can you remember what you suggested? If I remember, this was Lost. It wasn't Lost. It wasn't? No, it was just Fringe. Fringe! Yeah, Fringe! I'm less thinking about what the example, what your point was, and more, what did we say at the beginning? <laughs> it's Fringe. I was, it's JJ Abrams' show. I was close. Sure. Um, fringe. So what was the thing? It's not worth the wait. Not worth the wait. Okay. So Fringe. I watched the pilot episode of Fringe, and uh, I was like, this show isn't going to be worth it, is it? Because it's just boring. I've seen The X-Files before. This was like a bad version of The X-Files. Imagine the X Files with less with less charismatic actors, and you have Fringe. That sounds like trouble. It was trouble, and it was rubbish, and I'm very angry about that show because it could have been very good. But um, it was just boring. I'd like I've seen this before. Oh, there's a weird, wacky thing, and these are government agents, and there's maybe a conspiracy in the background. And I'm like, uh huh. And <laughs> okay. What, how is this different to the X-Files? Why am I watching this instead of X-Files? And go, ah, you know how it's different from the X-Files? How is it different? 
it's worse. That's that's not a good difference. I'm not. I'm very angry with Fringe right now. So if you're if if you're doing a show that um, nothing happened. If you're doing a show that follows the same, kind they of killed. Thing, off let me finish. Her partner, who we'd never met before, oh. and if you do a show that follows the same patterns or um, uh, a shape of another show, like say like the X Files or another yeah. cop show, you've got to prove that you're going to make it different. Yeah, because right. I was just thinking, like, why don't I just crack open my v- at that time my VHS copies of the X Files and rewatch those episodes? So I did, rather than watching right. Fringe. Like, because there's just no point in me watching Fringe. I've it's not as good. It's just not as good. It's like people will watch it because oh, it's different. It's like yeah, but it's not worth it. It's like oh, I wonder who the Observer is. Why do you care? Right. He's not. In, he's not going to have a good payoff. The Observer. Do you know why he's not going to have a good payoff? Why is he going to have a good payoff? Because it's not well written. Like that's how you can tell. Yeah, this yeah, is not yeah. well written. These payoffs will not be worth your time because it, the payoffs aren't. The characters aren't set up interestingly. They aren't written properly. The first episode is a paint by numbers monster of the week episode, and it's not even interesting in its ideas. At least the X Files had fun sci-fi concepts. Yeah, and the X Files would then uh, over time really bend the genre and mess around with it. Fringe, like the most, the most imaginative thing Fringe did is it changed its opening titles I'm not joking those were cool oh right yeah they, they, the opening title had this really cool music um, dun, 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 dun. anyway it had this cool music and it would have this like thing where it would put, put up on the screen all these different sci-fi concepts dark matter yeah and teleportation and then what happens is they did an episode of the show set in the 80s so it gave it a real retro 80s vibe to the music, to the intro sequence, and then all the sci-fi things were 80s sci-fi things. So, like, virtual reality was there instead of, like, dark matter. So oh, it was, like, 80s. Okay. So it's like, that's really cool. And then they did this thing where there's an alternate universe. So they would do episodes set in the alternate universe. And so the credits, again, they changed the sci-fi concepts to what there was in the, sci- in the alternate universe. Right. That's really cool. That's it. (laughs) You can watch all those things in three minutes on YouTube because people have compiled them together. That's it. And actually, that's why I get annoyed with Fringe because I look at that opening scene and I'm like, that's really cool. Why isn't the show as good as the 30-second opening? Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Sustainability. Yeah. That was lost. That was lost. That was your... That was was my suggestion. Yeah, go on then. What I watched, uh, I watched episode one and half of episode two when it was aired on TV, when we still had to wait a week for the next episode. Yeah, I watched so, yeah, the, TV the people, too. The guys I was living with, um, they wanted to watch this show. I gave it an episode and a half, and I just thought it didn't look like it was going to be able to sustain yeah. itself for however long it was it was going right. on and I gave it up and you know what vindicated yes I, I lasted 17 episodes before I went <laughs> I can't take this anymore you don't know why but, but it was only in discussion today before we started yeah. recording this episode that I realised that my problem with it was sustainability yeah like the audience just intuits all this stuff yeah right? yeah and you just go actually yeah the um Something didn't click with me, so I thought so something doesn't feel right, and and, and yeah. for me it was that sustainable. It, I just like, thought, okay, so yeah. you're on a on a on a desert island, sure. Yeah. Um, well, it's okay. interesting because the the problem with like uh, as uh, you know, I was saying the difference between 
is this worth your time versus can this last? Yeah. Is it's a question of depth? Yes. And it's like, it, I thought Lost was very well done, and I didn't turn my head towards can this last? Sure. When I watched it, because I really liked how well it was done, and I was curious to see where this was going. Yeah. But then after about 17 episodes, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing here. Um, it's just, there isn't, there isn't an interesting depth. They're, they're on an island. Yeah. There's nothing here. Yeah. What's going to happen on this island? This isn't a show about like what's inside these characters. This is a show with them having to deal with the island. And then when they offered, they offered the hope <laughs> that there's something coming out there with Ethan and the others. And then they kill Ethan off and they go, yeah, nothing's going to happen with that. I'm like, okay, I don't know when you're going to have to deal with the, uh, the rest of the island, but you might never. So I'm out. See yeah. you later. Yeah. The, it's, it's interesting what uh, the, the point... Um, I guess that you're sort of implying there that, that um, when when a show is well made, if if it's got a major flaw and it's well made enough, you'll stick with it. Yeah, you will. <clears throat> What's the deal breaker, right? Right. Yeah, you're not always going to be objective enough to go. Because yeah. uh, like, I, I stuck with Hannibal just because I bought the DVDs <laughs> and because people told me it was good. Yeah, and I thought there's ten episodes. Oh, I'll give it one season. Like, yeah, like that's not that nothing to do with the show. <laughs> I'd, I've put time into shows and just you, you stick with it and you think May, maybe yeah. maybe this season maybe right. they'll correct you, you know I, yeah. we all do that yeah I've given Oranges and New Black too much of my time yeah and so this is why a good pilot particularly now because people are getting more savvy people are, are getting less patient yes right no one wants to wait a week between episodes Exactly. Anymore. Yeah. And not only that, it's like, uh, how many seasons is it? Like five seasons. I don't know if I can be bothered. It's really, really worth it though. <laughs> it's like, okay then. So like people really are starting to kind of go, yeah, you have to prove you're worth my time. Yeah. Because I don't have the time to watch your shows. Like I'm having a real problem with the Netflix Marvel series because of this. Right. Because okay. they've all let me down. Right. It's going to have to take something special to yeah, get Yeah, and the Defenders, the which I was really looking forward to, as far as I can tell, is all about the hand, which is like the worst Wasn't thing Wasn't that the Daredevil. worst bit of Daredevil? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> okay, let's push on. Last one, Invisible Exposition. This is Crusade, right? This was Crusade. I mentioned this, yeah. yeah. So Crusade, this is not Crusade's fault, by the way. So the f- actual pilot of Crusade that they filmed uh, straight away has them going to a planet where everyone died. And so they think maybe there's some sort of plague thing here. And they discovered that they did have the Drach plague, but hundreds of years ago. And they meet one alien on the planet. It's like, how did you survive if you must have cured the Drach plague? How? What was the cure? And it's like, we didn't find the cure. We all, after three years, uh, after three years of trying to find the cure, we couldn't find it. So we all went into stasis. And one of us has woken up every two years. Because uh-huh. the Plague kills you after five years. So <clears throat> we just keep waking up and people are drawn to the planet and we carve them up and dissect them in the hopes we can find a cure. That's what we're doing. And it's like, and then one of the characters on the ship says, why don't we use their research? And it's like, yeah, it's, it's cleaner that way, isn't it? Like, let them keep doing it. It's like, no. So they blow up the thing that draws people to the planet. Yeah. And he go and they go. Well, great, you've doomed us. I say, if we find a cure, we'll come back and give it to you for free. Okay, yeah, we'll just do it. Uh, but then one of them says, "Hey, Captain, if you had to kill a hundred Narns 
to get the cure for Earth, would you do it? And the captain doesn't answer. <laughs> right? And that's the, that was the actual pilot. Yeah. Right? That sounds <laughs> terrific. It's excellent. Right. It's really great. Um, it was really great because the, also the way they trick people into the planet was really cool. They have a city, and on the city they have... Because one of the characters on the, on the ship is an archaeologist. It's brilliant because the sh- the, all the crew's together. You see, they're all, yeah. they've already been on missions. So we, they've been doing this for a while. So the archaeologist is there and he goes like, Captain, look at all these things on the walls. And he's pointing out all these great things on the walls. Like, here's, here's an equation for uh, perpetual energy and this and that. But it's only the first half of the equations. The other halves have got to be somewhere else. So that's how they trick people into staying on the planet by oh, promising right. them these things. And it's like, we're not here for that. We're here only for medical information. He goes, but Captain, wouldn't you want to return to Earth with a patent? <laughs> like that. It's great. So that was their pilots. Really cool. And then, t- then the TNT, which was the company who bought them, said, we need an episode where we see them all meeting up. And they're like, we really don't. Like, the archaeologist was assigned to the ship because he's the best archaeologist. That's it. There isn't <laughs> a, no, no, we need an episode. It's like, oh. So the episode is just filled with exposition after exposition after exposition after exposition because that's what the studio asked for. Sure. And it was, and it's, when I remember reading uh, all of Straczynski's lament, lamentations about this, and it's just utterly painful. And you watch the episode, and he hates the episode, and it's a bad episode, and it's not written well. And it's like, it's because they literally, like, tie he sort of they sort of put him up against the i think his analogy was they put him up against the wall blindfolded him like a firing squad and then said which orifice do you want the cigarette in <laughs> and it's like oh, put it i'll have it in the mouth please you know it's like it's just like that he had his hands were tied and they yeah, just kept yeah, yeah. but it's just filled with unnecessary exposition <clears throat> So it's not it's it's not really a fair example because it was so. It's not the fault of the show. It's not the fault of the point. writers. Yeah. But if but, you want to see a really bad example of exposition, that's a good one. And it's not because the writers were bad. It's because the studio demanded that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, then uh, our f- final point before we summarise quickly. Uh, I made a note to talk quickly about research, and this will be a quick point. Um, a bit because you said people should. Um, if listeners are going to write a pilot they should be researching pilots but a good angle to take um, was to watch pilots of shows that haven't been made yeah so Amazon Prime put up a bunch of them right yeah I know The Tick was one of them yeah so you can watch the shows that won't get pilots that haven't got series yeah and just look at the pilot and try and work out where would this show go based on the pilot would you watch the rest of it etc Um, just to try and understand the nature of it, because you haven't got the rest of the series. You don't know anything about where the show would have gone. You can be completely objective, right? Yeah, it, the, you can take your... I mean, you could actually watch the beginning of any show you want and just stop off at the pilot and ask yourself these questions. But uh, you know if the show got on. How many episodes did that show have? Yeah. So, you know, this literally has nothing else. This is what people would have to do and then hope they get picked up. Yeah. So you can see how, how what did they put in that show. Um so that's it's just an interesting thing. Global Frequency was one that you can watch online. The Amazing Screw on Head are two pilots for shows that didn't get picked up but are online somewhere. Uh, and where would you find Are they on YouTube kind of thing? Or? Probably. Um, Drive had only six episodes, but that's an example of one as well. And okay. you were telling me about... 
Oh yeah, there's a there's a, a thing I discovered today, um, which I haven't looked into yet, but sounded amazing. Uh, called the Dead Pilot Society, which it, I believe is a podcast. I know there's a live show as well, but it's a podcast um, of um, table readings of shows that never got picked up. Yeah. So it's the pilot episode to a show. I know the the one that was mentioned was one by Andy Richter. Mm. Um, so the comedian Andy Richter wrote this pilot, never got picked up. It's now been recorded as a table reading. And I, like I, I just, yeah, I just think it would be a really great place to look for that, mm. and, to, and to be totally objective, to be able to look at a pilot like that and 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 say, okay, yeah, what boxes does it tick? What do I need to do with my pilot? Yeah. So that's the thing. People who are writing pilots who want to pitch their thing and hope that people stick around for the rest of it, like you just have to uh, really think about. The problem is, how do you condense your show in a, in a way to tell everyone this is worth your time, and it's gonna it's it's gonna be you know it's gonna take time, um, but without giving everything away. Yeah. Um, how do you hook the audience, as it were, for that yeah. much time? And like, this is what what it is. So just quickly then, um, to so, finish off, what I wanted to do was just run through the five things. Yeah. Um, so you need. So your pilot should give you the major dramatic question so the audience knows what the spine of action is. That you create empathy with the characters so they want to see what happens next. That you show them that the quality of writing is good enough that it's going to be worth their time. That the depth of the question and the world and the characters is large enough that it's going to be able to sustain itself for the amount of time. And that you do all this invisibly. <laughs> <laughs> right so the so that the first thing they do when they turn it off is go wow what a great episode no they go where's the next one right like, we're watching the next one right yeah let's watch the next one that's it and then it's like four in the morning they go i've got work tomorrow okay <laughs> let's just watch five more um right that's that's it that's the pilot okay that's how you take off that's how you t- oh geez i kind of wanted you to be close enough to the keyboard so you could press yeah! stop immediately after that no that's not going to happen do you want me to set you up with the line again so you can do it and we can end with the yow and we can just get out no. of this thing are you really telling me that you're having a problem with how to land this episode yow <laughs> <laughs>